0: How are y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys Podcast. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest
1: co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crum. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good. It did that uh that the the flip you have to put on from, from knowing what's you know going on from like I hate the stupid 49ers, Every and the minute like the clock hit zero. I was like, okay, go Niners, because I know who they're facing. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm all I'm Team Niners over Team Eagles for sure. So yeah, it uh it, it's rough, but when the injury happened, it kind of was like, okay, we we ain't winning nothing without that guy anyway. This kind of, you know, might have been uh uh you always want to move on, but I don't know if we could beat the Eagles without Pollard and having to do that, having to like walk into that, knowing that Zeke was running back one and he's like, so, you know, might've been a blessing in disguise. We didn't end up coming back and winning that because I don't know if, uh, if without Pollard, we could beat the Eagles. So that would have been, that would have been a really rough game. Yeah.
0: Mike, I just remember last night it's, it's like the fourth quarter there's about 30 seconds left and in my heart of hearts I know it's over and you know we're kind of we're we're doing that final drive and I think it's about the final play and I just go and I grab my son I pick him up I'm kind of holding him I'm like okay son here it is you know here's the last play and it was over but you know I'm here I am i play with my son he's smiling he's laughing and it's like you know there's bigger things than football like in the past that would have just ruined my day I didn't want to Talk to anybody. I don't want to be around anybody. Probably ruined my my week, maybe even a couple of weeks. But um, you know, I, the game ends, and I, I get to go and I get to have my grandma's tacos, my sister, my little cousins. Shout out to Abby. Shout out to Princess. They came over and they cooked tacos for everybody that was at the house. And so I got to think about my nana and I got to spend time with family. And you know, the game sucks, but it's nice to know that there's more to yeah. more to life than just a Cowboys yeah. win or loss. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy because I had, by that time I had given up, I could kind of, about five minutes left, like when we got the ball back with three minutes left, I literally tweeted out, like, I have zero confidence that Dak could do anything against this defense. You know, like, I did yeah. And the very next play, he almost throws a pick six to end it. Like, it was hard to watch that defense play so hard and, like, And like just you could see them. It was like it was like uh uh you know Boromir when he's fighting the Lord of the Rings and he keeps taking arrows and he's like, somebody help, like please. I'm taking like six arrows over here. I'm like falling apart. Can somebody like help me a little bit? He just he just couldn't get no help, you know. It's it it was hard, but uh i have a lot of niner fans around me and other than uh the manager was kind of a dick about it you know but the rest of them were all like they know i don't talk crap so they did not say anything i sent them right away i said hey i hope y'all whoop philly's ass you know and uh for the most part minus mod it was kind of an asshole but minus him nobody else like talk smack anything like that so uh, that was cool and then i kind of went on right to you know i got a job to do like i went right into kd said i could do a thing about evaluating like each guy uh them yeah. resign them why why not uh and um and you know what you would do with that so i'm gonna work on that and hopefully uh people at least enjoy reading that i know it sucks it's not what we wanted but I got a bunch of draft guys to look at now. I know corner, DT, O-line, receiver are gonna be my main and running back are gonna be my main focuses. Um, I don't know how much QB tight end, uh, safety edge rusher are gonna be in Dallas's plans. They're pretty blurred yeah. up. So you know, I have my I have my areas that I'm going to look at and I've already got players started and so it was just kind of work. Let's go. Time to get to work. Hope the they can beat the Eagles. And then what I'm obviously I'm team AFC. Like whoever wins NFC, I'm going to be going for here, KC, so yeah, It happens. Oh
0: uh, yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to the offseason Mike cuz we always have so many great guests especially on building the Cowboys.
1: I know I hate all of them. I don't want I don't want any guests. I hate everyone. I hate all those people. Burning hell, all of you. Ouch. No, I want you all on. Awesome. <laughs> I'm looking we forward to hey, mock drafting, Mike. I'll tell you that. Bro, the uh the what's with the draft network? Nothing comes up. Like I go to the draft network and there's you can't even do a mock draft. You can't sign so, in.
0: Apparently they're they're doing a lot of work to the side, especially to the uh, to the uh, mock draft simulator. Apparently,
1: well, get it done, dude. I don't want to, you know. I love Dalton's uh, 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 Pro Football Network, so I've been using that. Yeah, I don't use no PFF. You know that one's trash. They always have people all wrong and shit.
0: I've never used PFF. I, I, the Draft Network <laughs> I feel is not Draft Network, but uh, the one with Dalton works with. Uh, that's a pretty good one.
1: Yeah, that and Draft Network are the two I'll rotate back and forth with. You know, I like both of those.
0: Yes, sir. All right, Mike, before we get into our discussion tonight, to let the people know where they can find you on
1: Twitter. At CD Piglet, guys. And before this guy can get into it, I didn't need anything but the same crap because I got stuck at work all day and I was annoyed. My team lost. and I, this, I hate Monday and meatless and I want to eat bacon. That's what I want, all right? I want to be fat <laughs> and depressed and eat bacon all day. But I had a, I had a pizza, all right? A cheese pizza. That's what I had.
0: There you go. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, Mike, you had cheese pizza for Meatless Monday, so at least you kept it meatless today, right?
1: Yes, I did. Yes, I think. Yeah, thank goodness. Any, so any
0: plans for dinner?
1: That was it. I, that's what I had for dinner. Morning I, was just some BS. I got you. I got you.
0: Okay, Michael, well let's just get right after it, sir. Uh did this loss hurt more than last
1: year's? Uh not for me because I felt like uh the team showed up this year to play. Like last year, I felt like they got punked and yeah. um uh, and they the game wasn't really as close as you know a final drive. It was more about Kyle Shannon kind of in the bed with his decisions that kept mm-hmm. the game close. This game felt like we could compete with the 49ers defensively and special teams. And, uh, and our, you know, our quarterback didn't have a very good game, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, I, I just want to say getting into this, uh, I'm a Dak guy. I love Dak Prescott. Uh, if you're a guy that thinks like Dak is a backup quarterback or something, you're, I'm not with you. And, um, and I hear the people because I'm, I'm going to get at Dak this game. He did not have a good game. I've already watched y'all 22. And as a Dak guy, I'm going to have to go after him this game. And it's unfortunate, but I want to let you guys know, I know the GM didn't set him up. Well, I, I, I get it. I get that, that, that we need more pieces. I get that, you know, they didn't go all in like we want. I get that Kellen Moore is not perfect. And I, I get all the stuff around it. I know that Dak is a good QB. This is not a, a, you know, crap on Dak's career here. Very, very poor game. Like he had a bad game. And I'm going to get on him throughout this podcast about that bad game. But going forward after this game, there's there's a divide that has to happen, and we have to understand that as fans. We have to know that either, one of either two things has to happen. Either this front office has to realize, hey, we got a good QB, but he's not winning unless we stack a roster like San Francisco or like Philly or like Cincinnati, you know, that he either is going to get a stack roster or... Or if they want to be the front office that they have been and kind of nickel and diamond and stuff, then they got to risk and go and try to find them a homes or a Burrow or, or one of those type of maybe Trev Lawrence, maybe a Herbert type that will be able to overcome, uh, you know, five, six, seven years in overcome the, the stuff that they don't have, you know, and that's a divide that, 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 We've reached now. So, right now, it's going to be about Dak Prescott. Uh, it, it just is. This game has to be. But going forward, knowing what we know, there's not going to be the the niceness of how we let them like get rid of Amari Cooper and get rid of linemen and 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 bring in you know Tolberts and James Washingtons and stuff like that. If they try to saddle us with that again, we have, as a fan base, has to stand up and go, okay, then then rebuild it. If that's how you want to be, then then die it out. Trade Dak Prescott, get a couple picks. You're not going to do enough for him to win. And I'll go over it in this as the uh, thing goes on. But for us Dak guys, today's going to be a tough episode. And I'm just warning you right now. For the people who are Dak haters and think like, Oh, you can never win with them this and that. You're, you're stupid. The guy's a good quarterback. He's just not great. He's not upper echelon. He's not one of those guys who can win no matter what you put around him. He's not that, but there's not a lot of those. So, you know, it's, it's about doing what you got to do with the guy you have.
0: So, I mean, Mike, what do you think about how Dak performed yesterday, I mean, even with a stock roster, do you think we win that game?
1: Man, it's it's okay. Again, here's the thing. This is this is exactly what I'm talking about. They watching the all twenty-two. Dak Prescott should have led this team to a victory. They 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 if if T.Y. Hilton is even looked at in this game, we probably scored two more touchdowns. I mean, he he was getting open all games. So. While I'm going to say this front office didn't do enough, as far as looking forward, could they have won this game with what they had? Yes. Now, here's why I say that. He didn't have a rapport with T.Y. Hill because we didn't get him at the beginning of the year. We didn't go get a guy that could work like that. So he wasn't looking for him. He was missing the reads. He He was missing him out there. Now, that's on Dak. That's not on the. If T. Y. Hilton's getting open and the and the quarterback doesn't see him, that's on him. What's on the GM now going forward is that they go, okay, we know that he wants to go to guys. again. He, he gets a rapport with Schultz. He has a rapport with Lamb. Even in his in his in the at the end when he's throwing up the the shots or when he gets in trouble, he tries Lamb. Uh, I mean, uh, Gallup. He tries Gallup. He tried to hit Gallup on the interception play. Hilton was open by seven yards. Nobody was around him. He never even saw him. He throws it to Gallup, who, even if he finishes out his route, the got the defenders, right? Like the best you got is Gallup can maybe knock the ball away. Like the the corner was cut. So if you just look the other three, other way, every, almost every time the Niners were running cover three when Hilton was playing, he was open. I mean, it was it was he was just getting, they would back off into the cover three, he would cut it off. Five yard separation, pitch and catch. Did just didn't see him. So, so that's on Dak. Now, going forward, the front office has to know that and go, Look, we need to get guys ahead of time, not wait till week 16 and go, Oh shit, you know, we messed up. We shouldn't have got rid of Amari Cooper. We need another guy. We don't have a guy. Okay, bring in Hilton and hopefully he works out. Because he didn't. I mean, they they hit the third and thirty play. They hit one or two plays underneath, but for how often Hilton was open in this offense, they just didn't have that connection. And so the, that's the front office job now is to re-sign Hilton. So he had re-sign him. So he has all off season to work with Dak. They can get a connection. Then next season, you, you know, they could work, they've worked together all off season and they have the whole season to build in that chemistry the way Lamb and uh, and uh, Dak has done, the way Gallup did before his injury, the way he was with Cedric Wilson. You know, so <clears throat> it's, a, it's a bummer because if we have T.Y. Hilton or a guy like T.Y. Hilton or Amari Cooper from the beginning with this offensive line, with this set of three tight ends, with this defense, do I think we beat the 49ers? I do. I, I think if, I think you beat them. I, I mean, there was enough there. The defense, the special teams, they played well enough. And I know I'm getting into rent here, but like, I want to make sure people understand that I know Turpin. Sh- you know, probably should have cr- scored on that return. He he moved it the wrong. I get that. Like like Jeff Kavanaugh says, you get in the tournament, and then a lot of it's like a bounce here, a bounce there. Trayvon Diggs could have picked the picked a ball out that bounced. uh you know, in his hands, that would have kept the Niners from scoring. Turpin could have scored on a play. Uh, Dak could have let CD, led CeeDee Lamb a little bit better. Maybe he scores a touchdown on that play. Um, there was a lot of that. Like, this team was really close to beating a really good Niners team. But in that also, and that was Dak's fault, but in that also, that roster in San Francisco is a lot better than ours. It just is. Stacked. Stacked. Fact they, you you know, and we're going to get into it, but like the defense of ev- eventually gives up the drive in the second half, right? 91 yards. I think it was
0: 96,
1: 96. It was 96. Okay. I thought it was 91. They had a penalty, but they give up a big drive, right? An over 90 yard drive. But again, eventually a team that has Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, McCaffrey, Mitchell, A team that has all that is going to get every defense in this modern NFL where you can't hold and destroy somebody over the middle. Every defense is going to get got once or twice in a game. It just is when you're that loaded. So going in, you have to know, like, we have to load up our offense to do the same against the Niners defense. And while there were misses, you shouldn't have to play perfect in order to win a playoff game, like Dak could have hit Lamb. Dak missed Hilton a few times. Dak threw a a, a, a couple of bad interceptions that the receivers' routes weren't great on. They weren't connected perfectly. The defense gave up a big drive. Like when your roster's not as good, you have to be perfect, and that's where macro, micro Dak. I'm with you. I get it. Macro, the GM. Dak's only been around seven years. We've been failing for almost 30. So, you know, it's going to be a mix of that. It's going to be a mix of me going Dak, Dak, Dak. And then, but remember going forward, GM, GM, GM.
0: What do you think it is that led Dak to having this game? What do you think he was rattled? I mean, if you were to guess, obviously we're just guessing, but what do you think it was, Mike?
1: Uh, he was worried about the O-line. And so he was quick through his reads and he seemed like he was uh not he was progressing f- like through them quickly but not well he wasn't reading things well because he was trying to to progress through his reads too fast mm-hmm. you know and uh when you take a big injury like he has last 2 years he's been injured uh, uh or two of the last 3 but the calf strain coming back you Know he just he's been injured a lot, so I think he's worried about taking hits, and so he sees a little bit of ghost out there against teams that bring a lot of pressure, like uh like the 49ers do.
0: You know, I understand that's it's Dak's seventh year and his, I guess what his fourth playoff game, but should we expect have expected him to win that game? I mean, prior to the all to the all twenty-two
1: expected no when i watched it uh uh you know and we're gonna talk about the tony pollard injury but when the when tony pollard went out you kind of looked around and went okay dalton ain't getting open against these linebackers like he just isn't you got a scheme of play where you fool somebody to think it's a run for him to even get a catch uh cd lamb is a absolute stud of a monster wide receiver one. He's everything. He turned into everything we wanted him to be. Then what? Then what do you have if you don't have Pollard? I mean, we'll talk about it going on. We can get into the show sheet, but I don't want to unload all the clips before we even ask the next question, you know?
0: Okay, so, you know, Mike, we we kind of got a bit off track there. I didn't want to uh, force, force anything, but you look at Kellen Moore's game plan. Do you feel like it was a little bit too conservative?
1: I, I don't want to put the blame on Kellen Moore for this one. No, uh, no, 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 at Well, while, while I don't mind them firing him, uh, I think I would have, they, they, and the shots that they had deep, they won the receivers won, And on the lamb, one Dak under through on the other play to lamb where it was, uh, where Fred Warner was covering T.Y. Hilton was wide open. He, he won his steam route and, uh, and that's where the ball should have went. Like Michael Gallup was open and it was just a bad throw on, on his deep ball. So maybe we could have said, Hey, why didn't you take more shots? I think they were scared of that offensive line, but at some point in the game, you know, you should have realized like Nick Bosa's is not really doing anything. Uh, yeah. Armstead's not really doing anything. Like, Uh, the there was one sequence in the red zone where where Bosa played really good and he beat Tyron Smith, uh, twice in a row. And, um, minus that, he didn't do much. He he caused a holding penalty in the first drive against Tyler Smith, then really couldn't get by him. Like Tyler Smith was pretty friggin' spectacular in that game. Uh, so yeah, maybe, um, the other thing is it's hard to blame Kellen Moore when he could point out stuff like, well, I got lamb open. Why was not on your throne? I got T.Y. Yeah. Hilton open for a touchdown right up the seam. Why was it thrown to CD lamb? Yeah. Uh, you know, at, during cover three Hilton's open all game. I can't make the throw to him for him. So while, yeah, you could say he was conservative. I think this was more about the QB than the offensive coordinator, and that's coming from somebody who's A-OK with Kellen Moore being fired. I I totally get bringing in a new guy and going, it just isn't, for whatever wor- reason, it isn't working with Dak, and we're too financially obligated to Dak. So he's not going anywhere. So who do you get rid of? Kellen Moore. I'm totally fine with that. But I'm not going to blame this game on him. What He was a little bit too conservative. I That I understand.
0: Yeah, it's just, you know, for me, Mike, I, I haven't watched Y'all 22, but – I didn't understand why we didn't take more shots downfield. Of course, I understand that there's some plays that Dak missed, but I was surprised that his yards per attempt was less than six yards.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and I think a lot of that was the worry about that four-man rush and just getting the ball out. But it's different. Again, we're gonna go back to this GM thing. You know what, uh, you know what Debo, uh uh Debo Samuels uh yards per um Oh, God, I'm going to say the wrong one. Yards per target is like under five uh, yeah. uh, target. And then he gets the ball and his yards per catch is awesome because he, he can break tackles and everything. We don't really yeah. have that. Like, even Lamb, who's a stud wide receiver one, isn't that type of guy. Mm-hmm. And, again, it goes to the GM. Like, where did you – where where's been your your look throughout what's winning, you know, Ken City? Tampa uh, uh, Rams, where's your guys that can catch and get you loose with Yak? Where is that? And really great, great O lines. Now ours is building up. It could be something really good in a year, but for this year, it it was short of what it needed to be. And you know, I don't want I
0: don't want it to come across as though I'm blaming Kellen Moore for this game because I'm definitely not, but. I Was kind of surprised by that because we you know we talked about it on Friday that the San Francisco the the 49ers secondary was beatable.
1: Yeah, and, and I understand early, hey, let's see what they're gonna do, get the ball out, make but but going into like that at some point like a halftime, they should have came out and go, look, this offensive line's doing what it needs to do. Let's let's give them a couple of more big shots. Yeah, and um, and they did. I mean, the big shots were in the second half, basically. But <coughs> maybe they should have caught that earlier.
0: <coughs>
1: yeah, Pardon. absolutely.
0: You know, one one thing. You know, you mentioned Tony Pollard, Mikey. He, he goes down. Of course, that's one probably the most explosive playmaker on on our offense. Uh, what do you think losing to Pollard meant to this team?
1: It exposed two things real quick. One. Zeke's done, guys. Like I love him, but he is done. That that offensive line was opening holes versus that Niners defense. There were holes that Tony Pollard gets six to eight yards in. That Deek was getting. That Zeke was getting one to two yards. And so, no matter what the restructure, the Dak loves him. What you you can't pay him to be on your team next year. You 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 can't. You're you would be better off. Malik Davis will help you more on the yeah. field than, than Ezekiel Elliott would, and that's coming from a Zeke That's what makes it so sad is the, Love the Zeke. dak yeah, Zeke era. They came up together and everything, and they should be done after this. I, I, There's no possible way you can justify bringing Zeke back at any cost. And for the people on the Twitter timeline that are like, we got to trade Zeke, nobody's trading for Zeke you're no. going to get a 2035 seventh round pick that that is the best you could do for Ezekiel Elliott his contract is enormous and he's not a good football player anymore he's a bad football player overall now and so that was the first thing and then the second thing is uh is is that it exposed that the the GM didn't do enough to get the team weapons around because your team should if the the 49ers are great, and this year they played games without Trent Williams, without Debo, without Kittle. I think without Ayuk. You know, they got Christian McCaffrey week seven, and the offense was still great because they had one once one guy left. Your your offense wasn't like, oh shit, we'll just double that guy then. And he's and Lamb still went 10 10 receptions for over 100 yards. But Basically, that was that that was it. The minute Tony Pollard went, the Niners' defense is looking over at Lamb like, that's 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 the guy they got. That's it. Let these other guys do whatever the hell they want. As long as you stop him, you'll you'll win.
0: And I was surprised that I remember when Pollard went down. I was sitting there where, you know, I was watching the game with my uh, my father in law, and I was like, you know, sitting here running. I'm like, man, they can't. They have to be carrying at least three running backs. You know, where's 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 Malik Davis he never got the ball that was kind of strange
1: yeah I don't. I mean Zeke got 10 carries for 26 yards like that that's point like our defense shut down the run like they kicked ass most of the game mm-hmm. and McCaffrey went for 3.5 yards and Debo I think was also like 3.4 or 3.5 yeah. like at least that's like you run it three times you have a chance to get a first is you run it twice and you're in third and long like it was it was bad like he just he doesn't and and you would think well yeah the Dallas offensive line isn't great Niners defensive line no that that there were holes to run through I promise you I watched there were holes to get big chunks in and he was getting stopped after two three yards
0: so you know, even with Pollard, do do you think this Dallas team had the pieces to to win this game?
1: Okay, so this is another one of those. This game compared to we're going to talk about you know the future of the team. This yeah. game, that did it, it it really did. They they left the, the Dak Prescott left a lot of meat on the bone the way he played. Just yeah. looking at Hilton, just having Hilton. As your second read or third read, you probably score two more touchdowns. I mean, he he was just open. He was he just got open. So Lamb had ten receptions. You'd have Tony Pollard to help you a little bit with the run. Dalton Schultz is is not very good versus teams like Niners that have linebackers like that. But he got you a touchdown pass. He maybe he gets one or two more touchdowns. Um, they they had enough to win this game. Now macro level bigger. The front office has no excuse from now on. You know now what you need. This nickel and dimey stuff, not going to work. Not offensively. You can try to piecemeal it defensively with the young stars you have. You have guys that you're not paying a lot like Diggs and uh, Clark is going to be good and uh, Dorrance Armstrong and Osa and obviously Micah Parsons and Mukwamu. You know, you got guys there. So you can piecemeal it around those until you got to pay some of those guys on offense. You got to go get people. You need to improve the offensive line. You need at least one, maybe two pass catching weapons. Like, so now there's no excuse. The GM knows we got a good quarterback. That's not good enough to beat these great teams. We need to be a great team so that our quarterback can compete the way Brock Purdy and Jalen hurts uh, are, are able to,
0: it just you know, uh, we'll go off the uh, show sheet here, Mike. But I'm kind of thinking about it based on what you're saying. Just in the McCarthy era, do you think that this front office has done enough to help Dak?
1: Um, no. Uh, the first you look at it, okay. So, let's CD go under Lamb,
0: McCarthy. Tyler Smith.
1: Let Let's start with uh, under McCarthy. They They Christopher Nolan. Yeah, or christopher nolan what the hell is he
0: <laughs>
1: the, the terrible Kellen Moore? no no uh defensive coordinator from the first year where they had like the worst defense oh god yeah uh,
0: his Michael boy
1: Moore. yeah uh he comes up with the worst defense in the world no matter how good your offense is not gonna matter so then the next year your o-line is terrible they, they give up 31 pressures in the playoff game like That's ridiculous. You have the weapons around them, but your defense is just middle of the pack. It's up and coming. And your O-line is bad. It's below average. Bottom 10. I don't care what metrics PFF says because you have Tyron who plays good overall and Zach Martin who plays good overall. So it boosts them up. But that line was no good. 31 pressures in the Niners game last year. So then the O-line is about middle of the pack now. It's getting better. Your defense has gone to the top of the pack. Yeah. And you take away Amari Cooper, Lyle Collins, like you, Such a you lessen soul. what's around Dak Prescott. And then you don't do anything real and substantial other than hope to uh to bring that back. So you know, I'm excusing them because the honest truth is the NFC had a downward year this year. And with Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts and those two teams, if Pollard's healthy and Dak is seeing T.Y. Hilton with this defense, they have a real shot to make a Super Bowl. Legitimately do. But going forward, you know what the Niners are going to be. You know what the Eagles are going to be. Green Bay is probably going to reload. Detroit's up and coming, like, you could see that you're going to need to build up a roster. So if you go again and nickel and dime everything to death and bring in another James Washington type or get some vet tied in to be cheaper and do what Schultz does instead of going and getting a dynamic guy, it's, it's going to be a problem. You're going to have to be called out for it. You know what this is now. You know what your quarterback is and isn't. And he's shown it to you seven years. He's very good. It's not great. So build a team around them like the other teams with quarterbacks they're not sure of. Remember when they built the team for Jalen Hurts, they were keeping two picks for next draft, just in case. Yeah. You know, uh 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 Purdy, they didn't know what the hell he was. This is Mr. Irrelevant, so they built a great roster around Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, so do that. And for the people that go, oh, Dak makes too much money. Tell that to Tampa Bay and Kansas City and Buffalo and all those other teams that pay their quarterback and still bring people in. It's Mm -hmm. don't get the 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 Cowboys front office that excuse. That's lame. Dallas's contract, the the Dak Prescott's contract, isn't even that bad anymore when you consider what Watson's going to get, what uh, Lamar's about to get. You know, so. Stop making the excuses for the front office. They need to get more weapons around, and Dak should have played better and won this year. Both things are absolutely true.
0: It's safe to say probably a Patrick Mahomes wins that game yesterday, a Joe Burrow wins that game. But what about a Josh Allen? Do you think Josh Allen wins that game?
1: Not Josh Allen. Here's the here's the. I don't know if I if we're coming up on a question about uh about uh what what this game means for Dak is somewhere in here. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll jump ahead to it since it kind of fits here. What this, what this game did for Dak is it kind of cemented him for now until he changes it into a tier structure. So the people that think he's car and cousins watch the Tampa Bay game car and cousins can't do that. So is he above those, the car, the cousins, the Kyler's yes. He's above those guys. Then there's a tier that he's in, but it's like a tier that's like, okay, yeah, he's in that tier, but he's lower in that tier. So, Mm -hmm. like, Josh Allen's in that tier. But Josh Allen has better mobility and a cannon arm. So, does Josh Allen need more to win than Mahomes, Burrow? Uh, Hell, maybe maybe Hurts. We don't know. He has a great team. Maybe Brock Purdy. We don't know. He has a great team. But yeah. there's that. There's the guys we know, Mahomes and Burrow. Burrow can lose three offensive linemen. And yes, he has great receivers, but I'm saying Dak had great receivers last year. His offensive line wasn't great, didn't work out. Burrow's offensive line loses three guys. He's got the receivers. He's like, I'll take care of it. It's fine. You know, there's that level of guy. And, and for right now, you got to put like the Hurts in there because he's there. He's winning right now. He's winning with what he has until you see him get money and the roster depletes. And then he doesn't do as good. He is where he is. There's this range where Dak is in this tier and it's like, yeah, he's in that tier with Herbert Allen, you know um, guys like that. But would I rather have Herbert? Cause he's younger and he has kind of a better arm and, and a little bit more mobile. Probably I, I could say I'd rather have Herbert on his upside I'd rather have Allen on his upside, even though he's in that tier with him. You know, so he's kind of cemented his tier as he's not in the one with cousins and Kyler and 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 uh Derek Carr. They've got to do more to get up in the tier with Dak and Josh Allen and and Herbert and 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 guys like that. But he's clearly right now not gonna touch that higher level of that tier up mm-hmm. into the tier with the 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 really great quarterbacks and that's kind of that's what fair. yeah and and you can still win with that but i don't know right now if this quarterback and this our team's philosophy can win together you either have to go all in and do what teams did for brady matthew stafford uh or uh or jalen hurts now Brock Purdy on accident because he was the third string, but they were kind of doing it for Lance and Garoppolo. Yeah. Uh, You either have to do that and go, we don't know about our quarterback, go all in, or you've got to go risk uh, being trash and go, we got to risk it because we need a Burrow or Mahomes because our team's not going to play in free agency and trades like that. If Jerry Jones is going to be the way he's been and go with the James Washington's and the, and the, the the lower in guys that are more of hope, then he's then Dak's not going to be the guy for you. So that's one thing that that has to get decided there.
0: You, you said something about Joe Burrow, you know, losing three offensive guys, kind of having that mentality. You know, I got this. I know mental toughness is never a question with Dak. His mental strength isn't a question. But do you think there's something there mentally as far as maybe the the moment getting to him?
1: I think he, I think he, the, the, when the offensive line is great, he's great. Yeah. We haven't had a great offensive line in a long time. So when he plays teams, he knows really well in division. Typically the last commander's game doesn't, that's nothing. They weren't even trying, but other than that in division, he does well. But if you look when he struggles, it's typically teams that can get at him with the pass rush and he has to worry about the pass rush Oakland a couple years ago. Uh, Buffalo, Niners twice now. <clears throat> Green Bay. Green Bay has had some some fierce pass rushers over the last, uh, in his era, in Dak's era. So when Dak, when Dak is worried about the O-line, he'll see some ghosts and he'll go through his reads too quick and he'll miss things. Yeah. and uh, And that's just who he is right now until he shows he can be better than that.
0: Kind of feel like he's on he's on almost like that Peyton Manning career arc where people always question if he could win the big game. He always met with Brady, could never get it done, and then he finally gets it done. But I, I feel like he's on that kind of path.
1: Uh, I would hope so. I don't I don't know if he's that quality of quarterback.
0: No, I'm not saying he's the same type of quarterback. I'm just saying he's on that kind of path.
1: Yeah, if he were to win in the next two years, he would have taken the Peyton Manning path. For yeah, sure.
0: All right, Mike. Let's get back to the show sheet here. And somebody, a name you've mentioned quite a few times tonight is Dalton Schultz. What were your thoughts on his performance last night?
1: It sure, he's not worth paying. You know, you you get him in there against the the decent defenses, and he kind of goes away. You know, it just is what it is. You that those linebackers in in San Francisco are no joke, and uh, he he just isn't dynamic enough. Like, if you're going to pay a guy like that. A good veteran can do what he does, you know, find his own, be open for your quarterback, do this and that. But if you're really paying a guy, yeah. I want him to be able to help CeeDee Lamb and Tony Pollard explosively. And he he just can't do that. And so I can't justify tagging and paying him again. You you, I see why you did it here because, good Lord, if we didn't have Dalton Schultz, we'd have been in real bad shape going up into this game. But uh overall he just not he doesn't bring enough to the ta- the table athletically and big play wise to make him worth re-signing. And then not only that but he's an awful blocker. Yesterday he was just getting washed up. He was he's bad. He's not a good blocker. Like the two young guys, it's sad they missed Henderson in that game, they missed his playmaking ability. They really did. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I mean, there were, McKeon looked better at some points in the game yesterday than, than Schultz
1: did. I have a feeling next year you're going to see Ferg, Pendershot, Schultz. I mean, uh, uh, McKeon as your three guys.
0: I don't, I mean, I don't hate that. As long as we don't no. play Schultz, you know what I mean? Yeah, I me mean, neither. Obviously. Uh, uh, yeah.
1: uh, Ferguson, Ferguson could put up. 60 receptions and 700 yards, like four touchdowns. Absolutely. Yeah, no
0: question about that. Okay, uh, we, we talked a lot about the talent, Mike, of the of the uh, Niners offense, so I think it's okay to, to skip this question as far as, you know, because we talked about com- the talent comparison between the two teams. Our next yeah. question would be is uh, the San Francisco defense, do, do you think that their defense outperformed the Dallas defense?
1: This one, I I came up with this because I really struggled with it. Because at face value, you go, well, they made their picks. They made their two interceptions. So, yeah, they did. But think about, like, the difference in the the Dallas defense had to go against, all right, stop McCaffrey running, stop McCaffrey receiving, stop Debo running, stop Debo receiving. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ayuk came into his own this year. He's really good. Oh, by the way, you know who the best tight end on the field is? Not the franchise guy. No, no, George Kittle. Oh, we're going to bring in Elijah Mitchell too. See that left tackle? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's Micah's doing fine, but we got a guy that could go against him. You better put him on the other side sometimes because Trent's a monster. And so I look at the defense and I say, compared to for what, half the game, you got uh, uh, CeeDee Lamb and what? Did, did Niners have to stop? T.Y. Hilton, who was wide open all the time and not looked at? Like, I, I got to say that they performed evenly. The Niners' defense performed better and got the turnovers. But what Dallas did with no offense, like getting worn down, having to try to, to stay with all those weapons and, yeah. and a, a team – that averaged 35 points a game under Brock Purdy couldn't get to 20, and six of those the Dallas offense spotted them with turnovers. Yeah. Like, I mean, I gotta say they both performed evenly, in my opinion. You know, I kind of
0: like the question uh before we we changed it, Mike, where did the, the San Francisco defense outperform the Dallas offense? I felt like that was a good question.
1: I would answer that with yes, they did. <laughs> Although TY Hill was open quite often. That I just I don't know how they knew like Dak wasn't gonna throw to him. Like I I don't I don't know how they knew that because he was just open all the time. They were basically saying like this is the guy you can go to if you want to.
0: Yeah. You know, you kind of touched on it, Mike, but you know they were able to capitalize on their turnovers when given the chance. They they were better on third down, and they allowed less than eighty rushing yards and less than three hundred total yards. Again, I know when you think about the pieces that Dallas had to deal with, as opposed to the pieces that San Francisco had to deal with, I just kind of feel like when it mattered most, they they came up with the plays. You know,
1: no, I agree. I, I agree. Right, this,
0: this this is probably the you know an easy an easy answer here because we've talked a lot about it but is Dak solely responsible for this loss?
1: It stinks because uh, there's no one technically, right? There's no one solely responsible. You can go, you could say like the special teams missed an extra point. Turpin could have returned the ball for a touchdown instead of, you know, a big gain. Uh Dallas could have not allowed a 90-yard drive or Diggs could have picked the ball off, you know? So sure technically there was uh differences that 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 could have uh changed the outcome of the game. Overall though when you look at a, like the the macro of it the defense held them to 19 points 6 of them being off turnovers. Like that offense the special teams made their field goals, one kick got blocked, he would have missed that extra point by the way. Well, one kick got blocked. He made his field goals. Turpin was having great returns all night. Maybe not perfect returns, but great returns. Yeah. And then there was Dax play. Like, it just, it wasn't even up to what we expect of him. Like, it it was just not a good performance. And, you know, I could also say uh, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, or the front office for keeping Ezekiel Elliott another year or whatever. But I would say it. It's fair to say if Dak plays better, we win. And and he just didn't. He didn't play well. We definitely
0: expect Dak to play better. I mean, there's no, there's no question about that. I, I, you know, I have I myself have not watched the All 22, so I can't compare. But when you, when I know that you say you watched it and Dak yeah. played a bad game, then you know I have full confidence in in what you're saying and what you're seeing.
1: And you know, I love Dak.
0: Yeah, of course. This is a Dak-friendly podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. I love the guy. I don't, I'm not I'm not looking to cut him. Uh, I'm saying no. we know what he is. I don't want to move on from him. I need my GM to know what he is and to do what he needs to do accordingly to build teams that can win around him. He's not Mahomes and Burrow. So stop building a team like he is do your job and build a better team around him or, or move on and hope the next guy you get is a tier above him.
0: You know, I mean, there were times in the game, Mike, when I was sitting there watching the game, I'm like, what is Dak doing? What's going on? So I can only imagine, you know, seeing the all 22 and kind of getting a different view of the game and without all the the distractions of the noise and stuff. And then like just seeing the plays developing and everything, I, yeah, I mean, again, you know, I have uh, full confidence in, in you and, and what you're saying about Dak. So it really stinks, man, because, again, this is a Dak-friendly podcast. I mean, Dak's been my guy since his, his rookie year. I've always wanted to resign him. I've always believed in him. It just, uh, you know, it really stinks for him, man, because you a guy like that you want to see win. But to think that he didn't win and then also him being, like, the big biggest reason that he he didn't win is it's a hard pill to swallow.
1: It's It stinks. It, it really is like, I hate it. I hate it so much. I just want them to, to, to build it now. You know what you need. You know, get it done. There's, there are a few pieces away from being the juggernaut that San Francisco and the badass team that the Philadelphia uh, Eagles are. They're, they're, they're real close as evidenced by this game as bad as their quarterback play. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're close they, it. You know, they, they need to go do what needs to get done.
0: I think we touched on the, on the question. What does this do? What does this game do for, for Dak's legacy? Am I wrong, Mike? Uh,
1: I did, but I'd like to know if you had anything to add to like, how do you feel about Dak's legacy? You know, as of now, like, who knows what's yeah. going to happen in five years?
0: I mean, Mike, you know, one of the things that's been said about Dak all season is that he he can't win the big game. And, I mean, I, I think we, we saw yesterday that he, he wasn't able to do that. And we have what do we have to, to prove those people who say that wrong?
1: Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. When, when Tom comes on with us again and he says, I, I think Jalen Hurts is better than Dak. In my mind, I'm going – Yikes, you know, in my head. But when I try yeah. to construct an argument, it's not Jalen Hurts' fault that he has all these weapons. He still has to use them. Gardner Minshew came in, they went, what, 0-3 or something like that? Like, they were no good with him. So yeah. I understand when Tom says, some guys got it, some guys don't. And in my head, I'm like, well, I don't know if Hurts got it. Like, like yeah, he makes the team go with his ability in that offense. But if that offense, if if it was Ceedee Lamb and and Noah Brown, at wide receiver, and Dalton Schultz at tight end, and our offensive line, does Jalen Hurts play the same in that offense? I don't think he does. But yeah. I can't make that argument. You can't make the argument, hey, hey, that's not fair to Dak. His team didn't build a good enough team around him. Like that offense, that that argument just makes your quarterback look worse, really. Yeah.
0: yeah. So you look at the, the teams remaining in the playoffs, Mike. What do you, what is the difference between Dallas and the four teams remaining in the playoffs?
1: Uh it's simple. The the GM did a better job of building the offenses around those teams. I mean, Joe Burrow, uh Boyd, uh Chase, Higgins. They lost uh, the tight end that the kid liked, uh, whose name I'm not even gonna try to say. Went out and got a good vet in Hayden Hurst to play underneath, you know, Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm on that offense they went and rebuilt the offensive line and the funny thing is early on when they were trying to get continuity the team was suffering the minute that team that offensive line started to hit his stride that team took off uh city rebuilt their offensive line today law traded tyree kill couldn't sign him went out and got scantling and went out and got guys to 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 play roles drafted sky Moore. uh we know what eagles did they didn't even know if they had a quarterback. They said we're gonna give him the best chance he can. And he's been at MVP level. And then uh Niners, they have a third string, they have Mr. Irrelevant, third string rookie. And their roster is so talented that they beat a pretty damn good Dallas team. So the difference is the rosters, especially offensively, are more stacked in the bottom four in the top four teams in Dallas.
0: Yeah, and you also think about it, Mike. I mean, those those teams kind of know their identity i mean of course dallas they knew what they wanted to do play good defense and run the ball but man you think about the running backs on those teams of course you've got joe mixon but their identity is not to run the ball it's not really to play good defense it's like we're going to build around our quarterbacks and put him in a position to win dallas didn't do that man so i had a different answer but i'm gonna actually say i'm gonna change i'm gonna say self-awareness
1: yeah yep and and for those uh uh you know talking about like mahomes is the rare bird the other three quarterbacks are low money. I understand that. That's that's a thing we have to see how they do once our quarterbacks get paid. But yeah. now we know. So going forward, if you come up with James Tolbert or you come up with uh with James Washington as your answers, there's an issue. You you're not doing it right. Like it's gonna go on you now. We know what the quarterback is. It's up to you to help elevate him. Absolutely.
0: And when you look at the four remaining teams, Mike, are, they, are those the best teams in the NFL, you think?
1: Definitely. Loaded. Loaded teams. Absolutely.
0: I couldn't agree more. All right, Mike, here we are with a view from the sidelines. And you, you know, you've talk, talked about it a little bit, but what did you see from our receivers not named CeeDee Lamb after watching the All-22?
1: There weren't really any. Um all of them, except Gallup, need to be replaced. And the, the only reason Gallup gets a pass is because he had a major surgery at the very end of the prior year. He didn't get an off-season, really. He just, he never felt like Michael Gallup. So now, off-season, fully healthy, re, you know, re-get re, it going, reinvigorate yourself, and see what you are. This contract that he's in has a two-year out. So, if he comes in next year and is playing like he did this year, he's going to get cut. Yeah. And, I mean,
0: I guess the only thing you would have to say about T.Y. Hilton is that he was just constantly open, obviously.
1: I want him back. After watching the thing, I want – he's a guy that I'm like, just try to – I don't know why he would come back. When you get that over and don't get the ball, it's got to be frustrating. But I'm trying to get that guy back, period. Yeah.
0: I wouldn't mind it either, man. I mean, I'll never forget that third and 30 play, but he just kind of seems like he would be a good mentor to younger guys, and clearly he's still finding a way to get open. So nothing nothing wrong with bringing a guy like that back.
1: He can play slot and outside too, which is really important, so CD can do the same.
0: Yeah. What about uh, – did you see anything from Noah Brown? How, what kind of game did he have?
1: No, nothing. He didn't even block well. He missed a few blocks, like – Moment was too big for him. He's a special teamer, you know, just what he is. He's a special teamer. He played some good games with Cooper Rush because they were used to each other. There's no reason for him not to sign elsewhere now. Gotcha. Okay, Mike, here we are
0: with one word. And this week we're going to use uh, the Dallas Cowboys season. uh, Excuse me, the Dallas Cowboys 22 season was
1: blank. Uh, Progressive. Oh, I like Um, that. The offensive line got better. Uh, CeeDee Lamb got better. Um, uh, The defense got better. Uh, The team went further. Uh, The team found a way to win without Dak. They found a way to win without Tyron. Um, They found a way to win with limited weapons. And now it's about progressing again. Zeke goes. Pollard stays get another speed playmaker, get a dynamic tight end, or or stick with the three you got. I like them, but if one drops, you either need a speed playmaking wide receiver or a big play tight end. And then then go to your defense. You need to improve your DT, and you need to get more depth at, at corner. So you know what you need to do, whether it's drafting them all and praying that they all hit or signing a few of them. And and drafting the rest, you know, yeah, you know what you need to do.
0: So, Mike, I was listening to uh, Jeff Cavanaugh, because I haven't listened to him in a while. I watched his YouTube videos in a while for <laughs> whatever reason. I was listening to him and uh, Jesse Holly. They had Daryl the Moose Johnson on uh, to talk about this game, and I'm still on my answer from from Moose. But the uh, Dallas Cowboys 22, 2022 season was inconsistent.
1: That's great. That's exactly what that that's the best descriptor for this year
0: yeah I thought so too I mean I tried to be different but I was like man he really hit the nail on the head with that
1: no that's that's exactly what it was I mean we we went to lose one went to lose one win four lose one win two lose one win two lose one lose four you know like that's how it went all year they they seem to that this team should have been the one seed if Jacksonville. Forget Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers got you. If you hold on at Jacksonville, you play your guys in Washington and you play a real game, you're facing the Giants, you know, in the in the playoffs. Yeah. The Giants. And you're probably in the NFC championship game hosting either the Niners or the Eagles right now.
0: Right. Well, what what could have been, man? I know. It's, it's too bad. All right, so let's lighten things up a bit, Mike. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we we ranked our favorite, uh, was it uh, comedy films of the 90s, correct? Correct. So I thought, you know, uh, in spirit of, of this episode, you know, to, to at least finish it off on a strong note, on a happy note, we would rank our uh, favorite comedies from the 2000 to 2010. I'm excited for this conversation, man. I know I had to write down a lot of movies and I had to trim up the list about three times.
1: So I'm excited to see what you got. It was tough, but this one was easier because I stuck to my rules of, like, you know, uh, uh, one Will Ferrell, you know, one of the Adam Sandler guys' movies, you know, st- stuff okay. like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was – the, the the ones that were tough was deciding which one in that grouping. Like, to start me off at five, you have the group that brings you uh 40-year-old virgin – Knocked mm, up
0: yeah. and super
1: bad. And yes, sir, I'm like, yes, oh, sir. I can only pick one of those three. I pick super bad. Ooh. Great one. But I but man, I feel like I'm switching it right now because Uh-oh. yeah, because the one that I liked more than super bad that me and Mitchell just talk about all the time is this is the end. Oh, it's
0: so great, dude.
1: The apocalypse, they play themselves. <laughs> it is it's absolutely brilliant. Danny McBride, what what he did to like I remember an interview, and he's like, like, people think I'm an like I'm married, I'm like a family man, I'm like a really, like, genuinely good guy. I'm a good dad. He's like, everybody just thinks I'm a piece of shit because they keep putting me as these characters, and then in this movie. They just name me and make me that character. Like, I don't get to be anything even close to like real me. I'm like, 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 he's like, you know, Seth Rogen is really a stoner. James Franco is really a stoner. Like, they're really buddies. Like, Jonah Hill is kind of really in their circle of friends over there. I'm like, I'm like an asshole cannibal who uses everybody's food. And, like, <laughs> I got a character of like my other characters put in he's him having tanning Chatham as the gimp and like the, the thing with the Snickers where he's all oh, the where, Milky way, the Milky way. Yeah. yeah where the he's Milky like, way. first of, first of all, they do this whole scene where he's like the Milky way is my special treat. And, uh, you know, I got it for this and that. And then everybody's like, well, you shouldn't get the whole Milky way. And the guy's like, uh, Yeah, man, I'd be pretty disappointed if I didn't at least get a bite of that Milky Way. And the thing that makes it funny is, like, James Franco didn't even get the Milky Way. If you're paying attention earlier, it wasn't even him. And he's like, it's my special. It's like, that movie is, like, so funny. So I'm going This Is The End tops uh, all those other ones as my favorite, like, the Seth Rogen comedy. Now, the question
0: is. Great answer, though, man. I love that answer so much.
1: What year did "This Is the End" come out? Oh. No, I feel like it, it was, was 2013. Oh, That's all right. Then I say super bad. Moving on.
0: Fair, fair, fair.
1: Uh, what about where are you at with forgetting Sarah Marshall? Great one. Another great one. But I love I love you, man. More. I was going to say I thought
0: you were going to have I love you, man on this list. Honestly,
1: I I couldn't get it on there, man. And I and Paul Rudd is. That's your guy. My favorite, but this, my list. I promise you will be completely different than everybody else's because I'm weird. Matter of fact, God dang, it's probably not even super bad. Hold on. What year did Nacho Libre come out?
0: Oh Lord,
1: I almost have that. 2006. Nacho Libre is funnier than Super Bad. That for me. Stop. Nacho Libre is ahead of for Super Bad. I I, all right. I just love that for me.
0: That's a great one, man. It's a classic, dude. It really is. Doesn't get enough love.
1: Yeah, and and all of mine are basically going to be like that. All right. Mike, number five on my list.
0: I mean, this is Laugh Out Loud. I haven't watched it in years, but I watched watched it a lot. Borat.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, (laughs) uh, What is our boy's name? Isla Fisher's Husband. He's literally Borat. That's how, that's how everybody knows him but he's actually turned into quite an actor uh yeah. he, Sasha Baron Cohen. Fox, yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen. Really turned into something other than just the little like weird comedy guy, like you know, characters yeah. guy. Uh man, he did some crazy stuff in that movie. Like the 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 way he flipped society by faking this character it's like a it's like he did a documentary on our society but but did it as a comedy so that we could laugh at ourselves Mm -hmm. but he was kind of like shame 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 guys it it was brilliantly executed that's a good choice
0: yes sir i appreciate that uh number four mikey you actually replaced it on your list just now but i'm going with super bad my friend
1: Oh, Superbad's on there, on yours. Yes,
0: sir. Of course. Oh, okay. I love yeah, well, Superbad, dude. I mean, I still quote that. I mean, not a lot, but when I have an opportunity, I I quote it every time.
1: Oh, it's it is. It, there's a reason it was right there to be on the list. I just the the Nacho. I forgot Nacho Libre came out, and it has so many. It's so like dumb. It's the comedy that I like. That's like yeah, dumb. It's it's right. just dumb. I hate all orphans. <laughs> <are> you, <laughs> you don't hate all the orphans. You're just a little you're, you're mad and you're being a little kid. Like it's stuff like that that like certain lines in movies that are like so all-time like I'll get frustrated with my brother and be like I hate all the orphans in the whole world and and you know it basically is me going I'm I'm frustrated right now because you don't hate orphans do you just you don't you've literally worked there to help them like so super bad deserving yeah maybe even overall funnier movie i'm putting Nacho libre in because it's more fits my my type of of comedy stuff totally fair sir all right what's number four on your list number four is okay let me ask you i i tell you my I this is my will ferrell selection Give me the first two movies you would think of if I tell you this my World feral one. Step Brothers and Talladega Knights. Okay, and that's the two. And I love them both. And my choice was the other guys.
0: Oh my wait, did that come out in two? That came out before 2010? Man. Do you Man, know who Dr. Thunder? Out. Hold on. Do you know who Doctor Do you
1: know who Dr. Thunder rules what, is? What year did the other guys come out? I did no research. 2010, ha! It did. Okay, good. My answer sticks. To the other guys, uh, Is I hate Doctor oh, Thunder. <laughs> Get that corn out of my face, Doctor Thunder rules.
0: Hey, the other guy's is man, so so good, dude.
1: Oh, just uh, right away when he's all aim for those bushes, and you're like, "What's going on right here?" And they did, <laughs> did they leap off a building and they just to their death, like the two biggest stars in the movie dead in the first few minutes. It, it's and then it just gets the it, the the thing with with him like like with uh, Ava Ava. uh, not Ava Longora. What is her name? The Ava Mendez. Ava Mendez with him like what? No, seriously, guys, you gonna tell me who this is? Like, <laughs> does not believe that that's his wife. And she and he's so shitty to her. Like, that's what you're gonna dress in. You're gonna dress like that. We have company over. Like, it's Ava Mendez, bro. Like, like the hottest female on the planet. What are we doing here? So it's it's brilliant the other or oh god where the guy's running out get back here and fuck my wife <laughs> oh yeah they're you? 10 <laughs> miles away or whatever I'm, dude i can't bro. i can't with that movie but most people so, say, so oh, good step brothers i mean most yeah. and rightfully so they're amazing telling they is don't even get me started i freaking love that movie it makes it. If I wasn't just picking one Will Ferrell movie, it makes it. But
0: oh, but watch. what's the one? Him and Woody Harrelson, Andre
1: three thousand. They're on the basketball team. I'm in that movie. No, I'm, I swear I'm I'm one of the extras in the crowd. Me and Muhammad went when they filmed the ending to the movie, which kind of blew it for us because we knew how the movie ended. That movie's called Semi Pro. That We're man, in the that crowd. one's so
0: good too, dude.
1: Oh, it's brilliant. We're in the crowd for the ending segments of that movie. We're there in that crowd, me and Muhammad both. That's
0: awesome, man. And that, that crowd, I have no idea if you can
1: see us, but we are in the arena when that when that's being shot, we the where were some of the extras. Like
0: so, I mean, would you, would your name be in the extras? Like on the on the uh, credits.
1: I have no idea. We're in oh, there, okay. but you may not, we may not have been like focused on camera. If there's a, sh- like a zoom out of the crowd, then we're there somewhere, but we're not like, you know, they it's don't amazing, zoom dude. into our, our facial expressions, you know? Obviously.
0: Yeah. That's so freaking cool, dude.
1: Yeah. It's a nice little, I should have said that one just so I could tell that story. Thank you for getting that in there.
0: Yes, sir. All right, so we're, we're at a uh, number three, correct?
1: And that's me. Number three. Yes, sir. Number three, you. Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, good one. That's it's so, and it's another like Nacho libre. Weird. Some people just have never even seen the movie, but most people that see it, it's just so. It's so brilliant. It's so unique. There's not yeah. stuff like it, and. Uh, no. It's his dancing. The the tots. He said, like he's the worst liar like ever like why do you lie about the stuff you lie about like his stuff with hunting with a bow staff like no you didn't no you did not ever hunt with a bow staff or anything or like i love the karate guy when he tells him to go give me your first move and this guy does a reverse like sweep backwards like the slowest kick just gets smacked in the back of his and it's i love napoleon dynamite that movie's so good
0: that's a great one, man. Uh, number three on my list, Mike, grandma's boy.
1: Oh, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give one away, but that's on my list. Oh, really? That's my Adam Sandler because it's by those people, by the Adam Sandler group, you know, same producers Dude. and stuff. Yeah. One of the funniest movies of all time. Forget oh, 2000, no 2010 Yeah, you would probably make my top five comedies for like how much I laughed. It, it is. It's it's weird. It's hilarious. It's the I can't even go, I can't even start. There's so much funny into this movie. The dude, Just, the weird ass dude who's like hiding against the wall. Like, how did he see me? Like what the the them, <laughs> them competing? The the what does that mean? High score. Dance I break?
0: dance revolution.
1: Dance dance the the, when the monkey's driving, drive, monkey. And it's like the worst <laughs> green screen of ever, of all time. It, I, I couldn't recommend, uh, especially if you smoke weed, like that movie is. It, it was before I started smoking.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, that movie came out before I started smoking.
0: Dude, I never knew that it was actually in theaters. Apparently it bombed, like cause Nick Swartzen tweeted out, he's like, this movie bombed in theaters, but then y'all found it on DVD, and that's amazing.
1: That's I crazy saw it. I saw it in theaters, and it was so funny. I forced Muhammad, his wife, and their mom to go see it. And Stephanie, Muhammad's wife, was bitching in the theater. Why are we seeing this stupid movie? Nobody saw it. Then after the movie, she was like, My bad. I will not, I will not, uh, uh, I will not go against you again. She was like, "That was hilarious," and I was like, "Thank you." So, Mike, was that number two on your list? That's two. So Uh, you have here we are. Big reveal. Number one. My number one is Shaun of the Dead. Uh, Oh, really? uh, Okay. I I love Edgar Wright for one. Uh, He's an absolute genius. And zombie. I grew up on zombie movies, like. Zo- like Jorge Romero was my guy like m- me and Mitchell we have zombie everything like so to do a satire on zombies and then I love sh- the uh uh the two I call them Ed and Sean but it's Simon Pegg and uh I'm blanking on his name but they're in hot fuzz together those two and Edgar Wright have done a series of movies and mm-hmm. Shaun the Dead is just the, the the way he takes on like no seriously like most people wouldn't even fucking know a zombie apocalypse was coming out for a long ass time. This fool walks walks to the store in the middle of the zombie apocalypse and is so like on his phone, bright, Doesn't even notice like zombies coming up to him. The store clerk's dead with blood spots, you know, handprints around. <clears throat> it is so funny, the man. I, I I love that. I can't not watch that movie when it comes on. I, I absolutely think it's one of the most brilliantly written movies of all time, and it. And I feel like the reason it hits with me is I would be Simon Pegg, he would be Ed Mitchell, and that would be us during the zombie apocalypse. At that time, that that movie came out. Yeah. Um. We sat in the room, played video games all the time. We'd probably have no clue. We wouldn't have even turned on the TV to have a clue that anything was going on because we'd be sitting there playing Madden together. Like, it it was, I love that movie. So, yeah, that's my top, Shaun of the Dead. I told you my list would be different than anybody's.
0: Oh, it's your list, buddy. I'm glad it's different. Yeah, I I, have uh, A full exposure, I've never seen Shaun of the Dead.
1: What is Edgar Wright? Are you familiar? Yeah. Like, um, Edgar Baby Driver, love Baby Driver. Yeah, he's that he's he, he's that director, but he what he does in his older movies, the ones with Simon Pegg in them. Have you seen yeah. Hot Fuzz? No, okay, okay, and World's End is the other one. So, what he does is he takes something. And and he makes this kind of movie a certain way out of it. And then three-fourths way through the movie, he flips it on you. And totally turns it into some other type of movie. And it's really genius. Like, Shaun of the Dead's a comedy for three-fourths? Nah. Shaun of the Dead's pretty much comedy throughout. But there's enough, like, action in there with the zombie stuff. But, like, dude, it's so good. Like, it's so, like the zombies are breaking into the bar and you're like, okay, we have this gun shoot. And he's like firing. And it's like, yeah, if we were all doing it, we wouldn't be headshotting every zombie. He's like, he hits like one, he has like seven to 10 bullets and he hits like one kills, like one zombie with it. Like he's horrible. He's like the worst shot. And it's like, yeah, because that's how we would be. We wouldn't be able to shoot normal, let alone like, Oh my God, I'm going to die. It's a zombie apocalypse. And it's just, yeah. yeah, I highly recommend you watch Shaun of the Dead. It, it's brilliant.
0: I'll have to check that out. So, Mike, I did get a bit ahead of myself. You you are already done with your list, and I have yet to reveal number two on mine, or number one, obviously, so I'll get to, get to that. Number two on my list, I mean, it's pretty obvious, but if you don't shoot Big Red, then F you. What is that for? Oh,
1: Talladega Night. <laughs> brilliant. That is my favorite line from that movie, too. You don't chew big red <laughs> and uh, no,
0: no. to guess. Yeah, uh, you'll it's, be able to guess this next one, I'm sure, but go go for it.
1: No, no, I just dude, I was gonna go. Don't let the fire burn, don't let the invisible fire burn my friend. The oh, him God. Showing, him showing up and John C. Riley's head over his over his family it's like i've been gone a few hours the guy's it's it's genius dude all right i love the out
0: the outtakes on that are great too
1: oh they're 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 equally as good as the movie they're they're oh yeah cut around the meat what the knife cut around the meat like no dude you're you're cutting the leg more what do you like it's brilliant dude it's it is
0: genius so so good all right number one pretty obvious mike
1: but man i had to go with Brothers, sir oh nice you went back to back will ferrell <coughs> mine they all would have made this top five i would have moved them down but mine goes other guys uh uh talladega knights and then Step Brothers. those are my three of the will ferrells from the 2010 but like, line them up, dude. They're all brilliant. Step Brothers is, how do you, it's like one of the funniest movies of all time.
0: My buddy Prescott, he was, he, uh we saw him on Friday. You know, he, he stopped, he commented on the episode. His, mm-hmm. uh, his girl does not like Will Ferrell. Instant
1: breakup. <laughs> right? like, it's not going to work out. I don't know Preston, if you're
0: listening, about- man. Don't, don't break up with LD. We love LD.
1: No, no. How long have they been together? Um, I want to say
0: since 2012 or 13, I believe. You've been
1: around her for almost a decade and she doesn't like Will Ferrell. It's starting to come around though. Well, that's not true because Spirited was really good. I was going to say, Will Ferrell's had some eh ones lately. So maybe she helped you out, you know, like, oh, I didn't have to see Holmes and Watson, you know. But yeah. uh, but spirited with him and Ryan Reynolds pretty damn good. So just get her on the Will Ferrell train. What's the matter with her? You're a terrible person, whatever your name is.
0: <laughs> That's not true, Matt. I love LD. She's wonderful. Well, you know, Mike, I'm glad we were, were able to get a couple laughs in tonight, man. I needed it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, it's funny. I forgot, you know, that this was depressing. Yeah. Yeah dude i'm already on the off season that's how it is it was like katie's like all right here we go you know i gotta start going through like who should i who would i bring back who would i let go why you know so look for that to come out sometime in the next week i'm gonna be going through that
0: we'll look forward to that mike before we get you out of here remind the people that can find you on twitter at cd piglet guys nice and easy Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan fifteen. We appreciate you joining us and we'll see you guys next week.
1: Dude, million, million can't ever get, thank God I turn the phone off.